Behold the Perihelion. No, this is not the title of a new fantasy show on a prestige streamer or the latest SpaceX vehicle. The Perihelion is the time of the year when the Earth is closest to the Sun at 91.4 million miles. Did you know the other apsis is the Aphelion? That line may be a good one for an obscure indie rock song. Will this be the first musical episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement? You'll have to wait until the end. On today's show, City Councilor Sina McGill has attended her final regular meeting and will leave office effective January 11th. Applications will be accepted for someone for council to select as a replacement for the rest of the year. Albemarle supervisors re-elect Donna Price as chair and select Jim Andrews as vice chair. Charlottesville puts out a call for proposals for affordable housing projects. City officials talk about efforts to keep the unhoused warm during the recent cold snap. 30 people have applied to be on the downtown mall committee. And Delegate Sally Hudson will hold a virtual town hall meeting on ranked choice voting this Friday. On today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, crisp air and colorful leaves, hot cocoa, snow days. There are plenty of reasons to be excited about winter, but the return of high heating bills is not one of them. Your local energy nonprofit, Leap, has been empowering Virginians with energy efficiency and solar solutions since 2010. With programs for all income levels, residents can access upgrades like insulation, LED bulbs, low-flow fixtures, and affordable rooftop solar systems. Visit leapva.org to learn more and fill out the Leap Services inquiry form to lower high heating bills and stay cozy this winter. At the tail end of a crowded council meeting, Charlottesville City Councilor Sina McGill announced she will resign her seat effective January 11th. Technically, McGill handed City Councilor Michael Payne a statement to read. Here's how the audio sounded. Other business, are there any other business items for consideration? Uh, yes, Mayor Snook. Um, I have an announcement that... Oh. Hmm. this? Would you like me to? Yeah. I will read this. Thank you. On behalf of Councillor McGill, um, this is a statement she has written and prepared. Um, again, this is from Councillor Cena McGill. This evening, I have the regrettable news that I must step down from office. The needs of my family have changed during my term in office, and in the last few months, it has become more and more apparent that I cannot meet the needs effectively of both. McGill's last day will be January 11th. Council will next meet in a joint session with the Planning Commission the night before. This resignation answers the question of whether McGill would seek a second term. She received the most votes in the 2019 election with 8,420 in a six-way race. Fellow Democrats Lloyd Snook and Michael Payne received 8,133 and 7,806 respectively. However, she had placed third in the Democratic primary that year. It will be up to council to fill the vacancy before elections are held later this year. Here's Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook. 
when a vacancy occurs in a local governing body or an elected school board, the remaining members of the body or board, respectively, within 45 days of the office becoming vacant, may appoint a qualified voter of the election district in which the vacancy occurred to fill the vacancy. If council can't agree on someone to appoint, it will be up to the Charlottesville Circuit Court. Something similar happened last year in Pennsylvania County when the Board of Supervisors there deadlocked 3-3 three to three on a replacement for Bannister District Supervisor Jesse Barksdale. Last year, there were three vacancies on the Prince Edward County Board of Supervisors, which were all filled by that elected body. All three ran in special elections last November, but only one was elected. Both Prince Edward County and Pennsylvania County are in Virginia's 5th District, Plug now for 5th District Community Engagement, which so far does not have a podcast. Albemarle County has had a resignation in recent years. Chris Dumbler vacated the Scottsville seat in 2013 after pleading guilty to misdemeanor sexual battery after being arrested the previous October for one count of forcible sodomy. Whoever council appoints would have to run in the November election. But first, that person has to be appointed. Snook said there will be an application process for people wanting to fill the seat. The Albemarle School Board recently filled a vacancy for the Whitehall District in that fashion. The dates that I'm suggesting is that uh, <clears throat> we call for applicants by January 30th. It would be the, the last Monday in January, uh, basically three weeks away, that we would have a public hearing for comments, endorsements, and so on the following Monday, February 6th, our regular meeting, and that we co commit to making our decision no later than February 21st. Council voted 5-0 to zero to enact that schedule into action. Councillors then offered their laments. We spent a lot of time together over the last really four years, three years on council and one year going to so many meetings and so many forums and, and everything else. Um, and I will say that I have always valued in particular your awareness of, knowledge of, sensitivity to problems of mental health, problems of social services in general. City Councilor Michael Payne said he would miss McGill on council. The pair have often voted as a block. The past three years have not been easy at all, not just with the political environment in Charlottesville, but um, a global pandemic um, and the impacts that's had for everyone and their families. I think your voice and perspective uh, will be missed on council, and I hope we really don't lose sight of the focus you've had throughout your life on homelessness, social services, mental health care, and things that it's easy for local government to overlook. In his remarks, Vice Mayor Juan Diego Wade referred to a practice that allows councillors to evade open meeting rules while getting briefings from city staff. You know, as we have these 221 meetings, you have been my partner with that, and and we have just been able to work really well um, together. And so we're just going to miss, it's been so many times that with us four gentlemen up here, <laughs> What we have missed out on, if you, what we would have missed out on if you didn't say, hey guys, what about so and so? We're like, oh yeah, yeah, we're so glad that we have you here. Councillor Brian Pinkston also expressed his view that McGill will be missed. I've been grateful for your support and friendship over the years, ever since we were on the board of Region mm -hmm. 10 together. And um, I know this has been a very hard decision for you, and um, I admire your courage in doing it and looking out for your family. 
More from the City Council meeting later in this newsletter, as well as future installments. Albemarle County Supervisor Donna Price may not be running for a second term this year, but she will serve as that elected body's chair for 2023. This afternoon, that six-member body had their organizational meeting, as conducted by County Executive Jeffrey Richardson. At this time, I will conduct the election of the chair, and I will open the floor for nominations for chair of the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. Mr. Richardson, it is a privilege to nominate Supervisor Donna Price to be our chair for 2023. That second voice you heard was Supervisor Ned Galloway of the Rio District. The vote was unanimous, and Price took her seat in the center of the dais. I will open the floor for nominations for Vice Chair of the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. I understand that Supervisor Lapisto Kirtley desires to make a nomination. Yes, uh, Chair Price, I would uh, have the, like to have the honor of nominating Jim Andrews as Vice Chair. Thank you. In his remarks, Andrews noted the difference in how Albemarle's transition went compared to one of the houses of Congress. We seem to have gotten through this a little faster than the U.S. House of Representatives. <laughs> <laughs> At publication time, a fourth ballot for Speaker of the U.S. House failed. Price thanked her colleagues for their confidence in her. She addressed Vice Chair Andrews. I want to thank you um, and the, first the board for electing you and also you for being willing to serve in, in this capacity because one of the most important things that we do here is work towards continuity of our exceptional working relationship. The hallmark of this board has been our collective commitment to serve our community even when we may disagree on individual items that come before us and I look forward to another year of exceptional service together. The seats held by Lepisto Kirtley, Price, and Whitehall Supervisor Ann Malik are up this year. So far, no one has filed a statement of organization in Albemarle, except for Michael Pruitt, who is running for the Scottsville seat. Charlottesville City Council adopted a new affordable housing plan in March of 2021 that called for reform to the way city funds are handed out to nonprofits and others. Last October, the city announced a new approach which created four distinct funding opportunities and until yesterday had released details on how to apply to three of them. Yesterday, the city issued a request for proposals for the final bucket. Here's a press release for the announcement for the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund. This competitive application process is open to affordable housing organizations that actively address the affordable housing needs of low and moderate income households. CAF funds will be used to support affordable housing projects located within the city of Charlottesville. The deadline to apply is January 31st. The application states that $835,000 will be available in this cycle, and the awards will be made on May 1st, 2023. Here's Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders. It gives uh, our housing providers an opportunity to apply for funding to add to our housing stock. Last year, Council received an audit on how nearly $46.7 million in CAF funding has been spent since 2010. The fund was created by Council in 2007. Proposals for funding for housing development project investments were due on November 30th. These are for major capital projects and are often used to help supplement applications for low-income housing tax credits. 
Proposals for funding for housing operations and community support through the city's Vibrant Community Fund was due on December 30th. The fourth category is through the Community Development Block Grant Program. The deadline for proposals there was on October 31st. I have some questions about those three out to the city, and they were not returned by deadline, so I will update Information Charlottesville as soon as I have the answers. Sorry, podcast listeners, you won't get to hear that part. But you are listening now to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and today's second subscriber-supported public service announcement goes out to Camp Albemarle, which has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a Civilian Conservation Corps project that seeks to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every 4th and 5th grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org slash donate. The temperatures today will be in the mid-60s, but just over a week ago, the air around Charlottesville remained below freezing much longer than usual. That put a lot of vulnerable people in danger, and the city of Charlottesville made efforts to help. Here's Deputy City Manager Ashley Marshall. During the cold snap, um, we're very thankful um, that we were able to work hand in hand with our nonprofit partners at the Haven, as well as at Pacham to ensure that members of our community who found themselves unhoused were kept safe and warm. Marshall said both the Department of Human Services and the Department of Social Services worked with those groups during the time. She encouraged anyone who knows someone who is unhoused to call the homeless intake hotline at 434-207-2328. While we don't have that weather this week, uh, we will continue to work to make sure that that kind of engagement occurs. The 10-day forecast from Weather Underground does not show a return to a cold snap in the next 240 hours. City Councilor Brian Pinkston thanked Marshall and city staff for their work. I think we all had a sense it was going to get cold. I don't know that we had a sense it was going to get that cold. And then that it happened just before the holiday weekend. Um, I'm just grateful you all um, met and you came up with a plan and you executed against the plan. And uh, I'm glad to see that sort of collaboration happening. How cold was that snap? I asked Travis Koshko of CBS 19 for context, and he said that according to observations from the Charlottesville airport, it looks like we were below freezing for at least 50 hours from 1223 to 1225. Thank you, Travis Koshko and CBS 19 for that answer. In 2020, legislation introduced by Delegate Sally Hudson authorized the use of ranked choice voting in some elections in Virginia. On Friday, Delegate Hudson is holding a virtual town hall to discuss where things stand in getting area localities to adopt the practice. There was another event last night at Northside Library. You can register for Friday's event on Hudson's website. There's a link in the newsletter to two articles I've previously written. 
The 50th anniversary of Charlottesville's downtown mall will be here in three years, and the city is making preparations. One first step is to form a committee, and the deadline to apply has passed. Here's Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders. We received 30 applications, probably have about half that number of seats available for this committee. Sanders said the candidates are being reviewed and will be sat in the near future. But that's it for this particular episode. I think it's number 479. This is also a reminder that the city of Charlottesville has $24,000 in grants available for projects related to a sister city. A press release for that went out yesterday. And for details, you can take a look at an article I wrote last month on Information Charlottesville. But gosh, what a day! It's not every day that someone resigns from public office. One item I was not able to track down today was whether anyone has resigned from city council in recent memory. I was not able to track that down today, but perhaps you'd like to try. Or perhaps you'd like to get more involved with research into history and other things. If so, I'm putting in a plug in here for Sevilpedia, an online encyclopedia that is open to anyone to edit and add to. Sevilpedia is currently coordinated by the Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society, and I get a small monthly stipend to help out with some of the site maintenance. I'm looking for volunteers to help. But back to the business at hand. Subscriptions, Patreon, and all of that. You know the information. This one's getting long as it is. You know that Ting will match your initial Substack subscription. And if your New Year's resolution is to have faster broadband, Ting can help. If you sign up at a link in the newsletter and enter the promo code COMMUNITY, you will get free installation, a second month for free, and a $75 gift card to the downtown mall. Now, on to the show, and funny thing that you podcast listeners get, I have an hour to produce this thing and get over to WINA to be on the radio, and gosh, what a day. Time to get back to it. Thank you very much for listening. See you tomorrow.